Ready for the interview And if you get a cue Live on the laptop Watch what I'm gonna do Welcome to the show Let them know we got a point of view Hey, yo Let's have a combo Say what you feel Be real, that's the motto Real talk pronto Doctor D, PhD Hit the intro Hold up, wait Gotta be social Network global Home for the locals Gotta be social Network global Home for the locals all right. Well, we're here. It's evening time where you are, right? Yes. In the UK. Yeah, seven thirty. Seven thirty, and it looks. Are you having a nice evening? Yeah, it's really. Yeah, it's. We've had a nice summer. Very hot. I heard yeah. it's hot in in Europe, like really hot this summer. Yeah, like unusual. Like it makes me worry for the planet a little bit, but you know, <laughs> but you know, you gotta go with it, don't you? Yeah, exactly. It's been uh, it's pretty hot this summer, but um, I, the West Coast of the United States in general is going through a massive heat wave. Uh, so it's extremely hot in places that it's normally like perfect temperature. Uh, so yeah. there's a lot of that going on. It does make me feel for the planet. Like there's stuff happening for sure. Yeah, and there's lots of people like saying how like it's really hard to deal with all the heat, but you know, like it's not the worst thing in the world to deal with, is it? You know. Sure. Yeah. Oh, there's lots of different things, and actually, that kind of brings up a little segue into your life. I mean, the heat definitely can't be the worst thing you've dealt with, based off of your incredible story. Of uh, I don't want to give it away yet, but it's, well, let's talk about a little bit be, your life before your the the big traumatic event that happened what was life before this event um life before i so before so the event was when i was 21 so before that um i was just figuring out who i was as a, as a person just trying to find a place in the world um very very athletic used to run loads and walk loads and just constantly exercise um and was just i doing a studying a degree in philosophy and just like you know try, trying to work out how to be an adult <laughs> I think a lot of people are still trying to figure out how to be an adult at this point all over yeah, the I world I don't know what age I don't know what age you kind of get to it I just I feel like your 20s are for kind of working out a little bit yeah and I feel like too it's like if you can get out of your 20s without making like really crazy major mistakes, it's like a win. It's like a victory. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. Because people just freak out all the time. Just to like, ah, I don't know how to. Can you go to school and then they don't really teach you how to deal with the challenges in life that you just yeah. set up to like, you know, just fit into an office job or something. And it's where are the life skills and where is it? Yeah. Well, I'm glad to see it's the same in the UK as it is in the United States. No real education about, you know, being a person in real life. You yeah. Know? God, everyone has like little existential crises all the time. Mm -hmm. They're like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm like, I don't know. No one knows what they're doing. Not a lot of people know what they're doing. Yeah. It's a lot of like making it up as you go. Do you know what you're doing? I know what I'm doing right now, but if you ask, I'm 44, but if you ask me when I was 21, I'd be like, mm, not so sure. And I was a very, what sort of, well, you know, like back then I was an athlete. I was a collegiate athlete when I was 21. And I think when you're 21, you think you're going to, you think you are the person you're going to be kind of, 
And then when you're like my age now, you're like, uh, no, <laughs> that's definitely we're like two different people. What age sort of or when what so when sort of did you kind of feel like you figured it out? You're like 35 <laughs> around that's, there. Yeah, that's really reassuring to hear, isn't it? Like yeah, you just think yeah. more people need to be told that you don't need to have all the answers. I mean, how can you? I and mean, you haven't lived long enough to know much when you're like 20. Like, but then you think you know a lot. You think you know so much when you're that age. Well, compared to a child, I suppose, you suddenly have all these True. responsibilities, you know. But like people that try and write books and try and get them out like as early as possible in their life, I'm like, but what do you have to write about? What's, <laughs> what's happened? <laughs> I mean, some people have had some very traumatic life experiences before that time. Um, but for a lot of people, I don't know. I think you just, I don't understand why everybody's writing a book. That's my other thing. Like everybody is writing a book. I don't know. Not everything's that interesting. I mean, it's like, no, yeah, it's like, oh, I can't think of it, but it's especially heightened in lockdown, isn't it? People are like, what am I going to do with this time? I may as well write a book and get it out there in the world. Be. It's very competitive. Yeah. 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 But yeah, take your time. I mean, I think you, you experience life and it's basically kind of, in my opinion, lifetimes within the same lifetime. It's kind of like if you, mm -hmm. I like this show, Paper Girls, that I watch on Amazon Prime. And basically about these girls who have a, a, like a paper route, a newspaper route, and they get transported through like, um, it's like a time travel show. And their 12-year-old selves meet their like 40-something-year-old selves. And they're all disappointed. Cool. They're disappointed in <laughs> who they be, right? It's just like, isn't that kind of like if you were 12 and you saw yourself now, would you be pretty pumped about it? Maybe, maybe not. You know. But when you're like 12 or when you're a teenager, you're expecting to like uh, be something, I don't know, impressive in the future. You're yeah. <laughs> impressive. I like that. Yeah. You're expecting to be like, and that's what they think. They all think they're going to be the very impressive people. And it's messy. It's all messy. Yeah. You know? It's a strange but situation. You've got to go through all of it, don't you? All of all of the ups and the downs to kind of, you know, be a person. I think so. I really think so. The conflict is is part of life. The the trials, the tribulations. And uh, speaking of that, another good setup for this crazy event that happened in your life. So, uh you were doing something that a lot of people do, which is standing at a bus stop, right? Mm -hmm. And take us through what the hell happened at that point. Well, okay, so I don't remember any of it, so I've had to piece together what happened. Yeah, so, so I went to a bus stop with my oldest best friend um, at the age of 21, the day after I completed my degree, um, and then woke up from a coma like four weeks later to learn that two cars had got into a race on the road and they'd been speeding for miles at 101 miles an hour and one had crashed into the bus stop that we were standing at and we'd got thrown about 50 meters into a park oh. behind the bus stop apparently I was found conscious at the scene which is just like it's somewhere there in my memory I hope to god I never have to remember that it sounds horrendous wow I mean 
what did you think when you got up? Well, not got up, but when you opened your eyes and you were when conscious, yeah, when you woke up, like, what were your so, thoughts? So I had a traumatic brain injury, brain bleed, brain bruise, surrounded hemorrhage, um, had, do you know if you know what the Glasgow Coma Scale is? Mm-mm. Like the Glasgow Coma Scale is like the, the 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 level of consciousness that you that you have. So I think I can't remember if it's twelve or fifteen, but the most. So we are the t- top of the scale if you're conscious and talking okay. and fine. And I had the lowest level of consciousness that Glasgow Coma Scale three without being dead, which is um. So when I came back into the world and I kind of opened up my eyes. And couldn't move a single part of my body, and it all felt weird. I had lots of nerve pain, um, and couldn't see properly. I had double vision. I didn't have the brain power to communicate that I couldn't see. Didn't know. I, I didn't remember how old I was. I thought when they asked me when they were testing me with questions in the hospital, I, th- I think I guessed that I was eighteen. Um, they had, had no idea what I'd been doing. Couldn't remember. I was just lying there thinking like. I hope to God that I didn't cause this. And then because like my brain was so foggy and if I kept dropping out of consciousness for ages, for like weeks and weeks, um, I like slowly started to think that like everything was, it was a fake reality and someone was just doing this massive prank and it was all going to get revealed and the curtain was going to get drawn back and it was going to be like, nah, just kidding. Wow. I was like, I just, I just couldn't comprehend like what earth had happened. And I couldn't remember what I'd been doing in my life or and I couldn't move and it was just you know and then you see I heard like beeps and people walking around and like doctors and stuff and with clipboards and I was like they're actors they're just pretending aren't they because <laughs> they... <sighs> and then slowly realized and kind of learned what happened and then like saw my mom next to me and kind of like accepted that and they told me what happened and I again I was I was so convinced that I'd done it to myself I just I couldn't comprehend that someone violating my life that way that I just I thought I must have drunkenly ran into a road and caused this all to myself and to find out that it wasn't my fault and to find out that they'd caught the people that had done it and that I'd get like financial support for all the hardships I have was so 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 relieving that I just kind of like waited for my body to get better right and your friend did not survive this correct no yeah so my friend Rebecca um we'd been friends from the age of five to 21 got killed at the scene uh, she was my closest friend. She was like, you know, the person that was going to, we were like, going to grow old and ride our scooters together as old ladies. Um, apparently she died straight away. Her neck oh. had just snapped and died. Oh. So like, they said that I couldn't survive because I was so physically fit and I was doing all this exercise and I was just, I was the height. I was, at the, I was so stressed with exams. I was so, so exercising so much that I was like the fittest I'd ever been. And they said, that's probably why I survived. Like, and, but, I think it was also like look of the look of the placement of the car on your body, isn't it? Because because it's if it snapped her neck and she died, she couldn't she wouldn't have had any chance to survive that. So that's been um, it's 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 been eight years and it's still like I still like just pretend that she's up at university doing her own thing. Like I just can't really accept that. Yeah, what was the what was your initial reaction when you were told 
that she didn't make it? Um, I cried a lot. Uh, again, my brain was so like fuzzy that so I was in a hospital just lying in my bed for three months, and then I went to a, a rehabilitation one for two months. But the first three months were just I, I, I just waiting for my body to heal. I just didn't have some waiting for my brain to kind of kick back into gear. But kind of as I thought about it, I was like well this means that I can't waste it like this may be absolute hell that I'm in lots of pain I don't I don't know if I'll ever be able to walk again or stand again and and but I've got to just get on with it because it would be like insulting to her not to I kind of use that to propel me forwards and then have done since because people say the survivor's guilt like don't you feel bad that like she died and I'm like well that that wasn't my fault that wasn't it was a, it was a a freak incident that that wasn't uh, we weren't responsible for like I, you have to accept it don't you you can't rattle in your brain for ages being like why did it have to happen that's just gonna make it harder so who helped piece together this like the the timeline everything that happened um i think it's slowly like it slowly started coming back i went mm. on so I went on Facebook and posted like "Hello World" and got like 350 likes from all these people that heard about all these things that happened to me. And I kind of like people got in contact, and then I like my brain kicked back and into gear. And I was like, "Oh yeah, I was at university, and these are my friends." And people were scared. They'd like friend, friends sent loads of pictures and wrote on the back of them what they were, thinking scared that I would never remember who they were. But I just I lost like the evening and about a month before from my memory that that will never come back but it's i've accepted it i just yeah it must be strange to like miss time like to have a chunk of your life just like i just don't know what happened yeah it's so that in itself led to me filling in the gaps in my mind with things that weren't true I just mm. my brain my brain has scrambled around so much to try and get memories that were due that were mine particularly on the evening that I just then like I then developed and it's partly from the brain injury partly from that but I developed psychosis decided to believe things that weren't real because you can't I've tried I, I keep just constantly trying to picture the park that night because it was mm-hmm. a sunny Saturday sunny Saturday evening about 7 30 in a in the middle of summer um with a park full of families playing just like i'd lived there my whole life so i just try to fill it in man tell me about the psychosis like the onset of that what was that feeling like um the onset as in how did it start yeah like what when did Uh, you start realizing like whoa this is something's different here well like i woke up from my coma and learn what happened and just kind of I was quite elated I was quite like I don't know like I don't know if I don't, people would wake up and learn that things and people would be very sad and find it very hard to do things I assume I don't know I don't I didn't do that I just threw myself into my physical recovery and worked as hard as I physically could and I was like quite happy it you know in considering and then I started to have blips and periods where if I like because I struggled I started to struggle to sleep I developed insomnia and then I'd stay up all night and then I'd get a high and then I'd go back to sleep and then I'd get like a come down but these are all sober come downs it was just like 
but I didn't really speak about it with people because I kind of just thought this is my I thought like it's it's I've been I've got a mood disorder but I thought from the brain injury but I thought my unique my situation was so unique like such a such a like crazy situation people get like people that get hit by a car like and we were pedestrians but people that get hit by a car at 90 miles an hour no if a person gets hit by a car at 40 miles an hour there's a 90 percent chance they'll die i got hit by a car at 101 miles an hour and didn't die so i just told so i just thought i told myself that over and over again and eventually thought i was dead but also i kind of thought my my in the lead up to that i thought i was just going through what I was going through because of what had happened and that's just how my life was going to be I didn't really getting the label like psychosis and then later getting the label of bipolar has been so freeing to learn that actually what's going on in my head is a chemical imbalance that's not normal and it can be treated and managed but before that so then yeah I, I stopped sleeping when I was really really like struggling to cope with just reality I tried to keep up with the rest of the world everyone everyone of my friends were, had finished university and gone on to get like real jobs and like you know live in houses with their friends and I just was so sad that I couldn't keep up and then stopped sleeping and then became convinced that I was dead and that I died in in the crash because no one survives that and all I saw everywhere was just people in pain like if you look and if you if you're it's all about your frame of mind isn't it if you're not in a good place all you'll see is 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 is, is sadness and yeah. things that are hard and I just got convinced that, that I was I was dead and that and then I um eventually got put into hospital and that like a, men, a mental facility I got like my freedom taken away from me and got looked after and that's what I needed to kind of get better. Yeah. I mean, what was that experience like once you were in that situation? Everyone's always curious about mental facilities. I find them fascinating. So like I was it was in one for a month. So it's you get I got sectioned into the mental health act section two, which is it can last up to a month. I've been that twice now because it turns out I've got bipolar from the brain injury, so I can get ill when I'm really sad or ill when I'm really happy, which is quite a hard thing. So I don't know I I I really liked it. Like I, it felt a little bit like I don't know. It felt a little bit like what I would imagine prison to be, but but oh. but nicer. Oh. Just that we weren't, you know, we were very like monitored. We weren't allowed to do a lot of things. We just had very like routine little things. I. And and then all the people outside the hospital, like they were really mentally ill, were like ordering drugs to the hotel, the hotel, the hospital, and and smoking crack, and it made me really like uncomfortable. And everyone was like, I don't know, it's just, I mean, that's what I've heard from apparently, yeah, that I don't know what what prison's like, but it just felt like. And then I, because I was so ill in psychosis, I thought that everyone was like conspiring against me, and they were all just like, I just got really paranoid, and it was all. It was just strange. I mean, the sample of it. I um, I met a man outside the hospital because we were split into wards of women and men, and I went, I went out and just chatted to the guys. And after three days, this guy turned around to me and said, "If I go buy him a phone, he'll give me an engagement ring on Valentine's Day." And then I was like, "Oh, this isn't normal, <laughs> right?" No. 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 
But then part of me at the same time was like, but we could be together. Right. <laughs> I just, in like a like childish school schoolgirl way of being like, I found the man that I can be with. Yeah. He wants to marry me. How exciting. And I'd known him for three days. And only for like, you know, 20 minutes of each of those days. Right. Oh, but that's like, I was like, yeah, it's just a minute. So when I came out of hospital, knowing that I was fully better and I, and I got, got up, well, I accidentally reported him for trying to get me to buy my phone. It was like asking for money. So I wasn't allowed the doctors, the nurses like, intervened and told him off. But I got out of hospital and I'd walk around the streets. Or no, I wouldn't walk. I'd wheel around the streets in my wheelchair and I would see people that looked potentially like him. And I'd be like, oh, maybe he's got out of hospital and come to find me so we can be together. Oh. Like I'd, but I don't really want that. But like the yeah. ill part of me is like, it's fun to get carried away. It's yeah. not good, but you, I don't know. How was, um? well, one, when did you realize that you weren't dead, that you were actually alive? And you're just, it's just part of a very difficult situation of healing from something so traumatic. Um, when I got, I got picked up by the police when I was in my car and they put me in a van and, you know, and in a, in a, in a cell overnight where they're trying to find me in a hospital bed. But like, I, I lived a psychosis nightmare where I fully believed that I was in hell and I like, whatever you would picture hell to be like I lived it in my imagination it was absolutely horrendous but then after a few days I got moved and put in a hospital uh, keep going to call it a hotel a hospital closer to me and put on a medication and put on antipsychotic medication that allowed me to sleep and that allowed me to believe it was the real world like at first I was in the yeah. hospital and I was in the room by myself and I was looking people were coming up to the door and checking that I was okay and it felt like yeah like a bit like a prison or some sort of thing and there were signs on the walls that said things like everything is possible in word impossible says I'm I'm possible no that yeah there's there was lots of positive quotes and lots of inspiring things on the walls to try and like you know help ill brains get better and see yeah. hope and I saw all of these and I ripped them all apart and I thought they're all like people taunting me and didn't and then eventually kind of eventually was like actually my mind played loads of tricks like I ripped up these things that people that people had drawn these pictures on the wall and I'd ripped them all off I threw them on the floor and the next day they'd appear there back as normal and I just can't I don't know what was real and what wasn't it's really hard to yeah how did does that still affect you today do you still suffer from that a little bit get like well I've, I've read I've read quite I've read a fair, fair few books on psychosis and the bipolar I think it's important to educate yourself when you've got an illness to know like the parameters and things yeah. to look out for and like in one of the books it was saying like I you psychosis because I, I thought it was a one episode one thing you can have a one one a person can have just one episode in their life and be fine afterwards so that's what I thought. And then eventually I got ill from being too excited and then got psychosis again and then learned that I'm just going to have little symptoms or little things around that you just have to choose not to delve into. Like you have to choose not to get stay up all night and get carried away. And mm. that was that was what one of the things said is that you have to live alongside it. Yeah. 
but it I mean, that, that kind must be of hard. is like but like psychosis in itself so it was hit by a car in 2014 got ill in 2019 so that was five years later I couldn't remember the crash so I couldn't really grieve for it but I can remember the like the nightmare that I had in psychosis and the absolutely horrible things that I believed were happening to me that weren't and then waking up and coming back to reality and learning that that wasn't true it's the most freeing thing in the world and so I kind of psychosis has kind of set me free like I so I'm just I just it was just that I could suddenly like relax and, and just like I gave in and surrendered and I was just I was okay and people looked after me and it was fine I just I find it quite comforting wow yeah, I mean it, ignoring all the horrible side I mean there's a good side of it there's the getting carried away and little looking at little signs and thinking the world's talking to you and then there's thinking all the, the paranoia of people thinking people are talking about you they can read yeah. your mind they're all conspiring against you but I just kind of I always try and focus on the positive ones instead. I have never heard anyone say a positive view of psychosis before. That's a new one. That's different. I'm just saying it's very different. Yeah, I I just, some of the things when you, because you kind of, really, really bad, painful things, but then at the same time, it's it's a little bit of like loads of mixed emotions felt really powerful felt like I was yeah. like in control in the world felt like I, I knew things that no one knew and I was just like but also if it might it made me get more in touch with like my spiritual side so interesting I know I feel like because a lot of it is like you look at signs in the universe someone else that has like okay said that she was looking she was trying to get to the holy land I also was trying to get to a holy land I don't know why but they, a lot of the symptoms overlap with people but like I like the idea that so my friend died, but she was such a big part of me, and she just was she was just was the big one well, the biggest part of me that outside of my family that I got. I like that the idea that she's died and gone into the universe, and there's little versions of her or little samples of what she'd like or little just you know. I like the idea that she's just there. Wow, I mean, this is it's very interesting. It actually, just makes me think. I have um, I don't know what your feelings are on this, but I guess we'll find out is, you know, there's a huge uptick in um, interest in psychedelics um, and using psychedelics to create kind of this altered experience to increase spirituality. Uh, You are not having that. You're like having from an event that has caused this. And it's, it's interesting that you look at your psychosis as a spiritual almost gateway for you. It okay. It it overlaps very very closely with psycho with with men with with psychedelics. Yes. Um, I've I've never done psychedelics and never can. Yeah, I don't think you can, and I don't think you need brain, to. <laughs> brain's too powerful. Yeah. yeah. I, I if I if I did, I feel like I would just go and live back in hell again. Right. Or like, right. I don't know. But but like so when I'm ill, people have told me, and I just so I woke up at the coma and I had like double vision couldn't see properly mm. and it, my eye went out to the side when I get ill my eye goes out to the side and then I can't tell but it, people are like you look like you're on drugs like have you taken drugs oh, and see. when I was in the 
the mental hospital, like some of them were doing drugs and their eyes would be all over the place and it, it'd be weird. I, could, I kept looking at people, they, they just had wonky eyes and they yeah. were really high on drugs. And my brain, but my brain does the same thing. So it, so I have the same the same symptom, even though I have never tried them or never. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but, but I think, yeah, it's like... I I spoke to someone who like kept taking LSD to try and cure depression because they say that you learn yeah. a lot from psychedelics mm-hmm. and it can be really like a really spiritual thing and I feel like I have gained that from psychosis. Wow, I mean I've never heard anyone say that. I mean I I have done several psychedelics in my life and I feel it it confirms spirituality. It creates a diff. It takes the wall down, but um. It's interesting the crossover that you're talking about in the sense you're experiencing it from not taking something, but experiencing a traumatic event that altered your brain. I read, yeah, I really like how I, I, I read quite a lot of spiritual books and Buddhism books. And I like a lot yeah. of things from that. And it's, but like, I like how I've spoke to several different people with psychosis and they have different beliefs, but they, but like we all, but we, I said as a collective, we kind of like in a kind of very unhinged way, all kind of latch onto the same sort of belief. And it's really quite like really not, not helpfully, it's empowering, but in an unhelpful way. So I'll believe that I can do things with my mind and other people will. And they'll believe, I believed that I was pregnant with a baby and someone else did like, you know, that they, and I believed that I was going to get married. Someone else that they they wrote down, they planned their their marriage in a mental hospital to someone they'd looked at once. Like, yeah. like and we, I did, I did that sort of similar thing, you know. And I just, I really like the the similarities. Yeah, that's so interesting. Well, let, let's talk about your relationships since this event. How do you currently navigate relationships with, you know, your healing? and the different things that you deal with physically um, since the, the incident. Correct. So when I first, yeah, so when I first got out of hospital, people that knew me before kind of treated me like I was before in a sense that, so I need a wheelchair. I use crutches for short distances, wheelchair anyway. Don't have the energy, don't have brain power, don't, 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 can't remember things. Um, and it was very unhelpful for a while for people would just try and like, you know, be like, come on, do this walk or something. Or like, you know, you can, you can do this or like, why don't you remember this? And it was quite damaging. So I've had to kind of naturally grown away and break away and kind of start new relationships with people that meet me afterwards, accept me fully as the person that I am. Mm. And that, I think that was beautiful. But, and some people before couldn't do that. But also it was at the age of 21. So everyone was at university and they went, wept then lives so it's I don't know I, th- I think yeah my oldest friends can kind of handle it and but they still yeah. struggle to kind of see the different changes and not be able they think that I'm like exaggerating and I'm like a literally like I've got so got chronic fatigue I can't do what I used to be able to do. I'll never be able to run again I can barely walk um and people are just like no you're just you're just playing on it just to be lazy and I'm like oh, why really? would I why would I make really? why would you make that up <laughs> like why would I make up that I need a wheelchair people watch me like I get wheeled to the pub and then I can get out of the chair and walk around or go to the toilet and people are then look at me and I think 
she's just pretending. What? Like, Who are these people? <laughs> like, I don't know. I think to be fair, like I made friends with the wheelchair lady person, another user, and and she got started to get out of the wheelchair and, and use the wheelchair to push up. I use it, used to use it as a Zimmer frame sort of thing. She started yeah. doing it, and I'd watch her do it like around my area and think. That she's just playing on her illness. Mm. I mean, I don't now, but I, but the you know, I feel like as humans, we kind of we don't want to be taken for fools. Mm. I, I, I mean, who does want to be taken uh, for a fool? But you, you don't, you know. So. I mean, I don't want to be taken for a fool. I mean, but but then sometimes people's behaviors, it almost feels like they do on some in some way. I don't know. Do it's just what? strange. Like they want to be taken. Like sometimes the foolishness of people, they may not like it, but they like the attention of it. Mm -hmm. They may not want to be considered a fool, but what if being a fool makes you uh, popular to other people? There's this weird internal struggle with that. Can you give a specific example? I mean, the internet is full of that. The internet Again, is literally give full me of a that. specific. It's just like social media. So yeah, no, of of course. I'm sorry. So uh, someone may be promoting a product that seems foolish to the majority of people. Let's say they promote this. Let's say nutritional product online, and they know it's dumb. In their mind, they know it's dumb, and they probably will not be seen as like this is a reputable thing. But they're getting paid. But say they're getting paid for it, right? Yeah. So the payment outweighs the foolishness that, or the feeling like a fool from doing this. The payment outweighs that for a lot of people. Well, that's a, that's a different thing altogether, though. We we're saying that people will do certain things for money. <laughs> well, they will, even if it <laughs> makes them act like a fool. And if they, they don't want to see and it is a different thing, but some people don't want to be seen as fools. But some they sometimes they don't, but the money makes it okay for them. I suppose partly because you're you've been a personal trainer for yeah. twenty years, was that yeah. right? But that means that you have worked with people on discipline a lot. Yes. So yes. so so you do the hard work and you can feel the benefits. And lots of people can't do the hard work, well, don't even try to do the hard work. Correct. Just sit there, just like correct. <laughs> <laughs> It drives me crazy. You just told the truth. A, a very, very big truth, Harriet, that a lot of people are not willing to admit. It's because like, oh, like, oh, like, I've done my whole life before and afterwards is work physically hard. I've yeah. got like gym equipment downstairs. I like I did a wheelchair challenge in April where I wheeled a hundred miles using my chair. Wow. Like it took me four it took me forty five hours for the whole That's incredible. <laughs> Yeah, and I just, it, the joy. So you don't even need drugs. The joy you get from the <laughs> adrenaline of just like being healthy and exercising, just the, I just, it's just unreal. Like I feel, I remember I spoke to a friend who popped up and she was like, oh, I'm really struggling with energy at the moment. And I was like, you know, like, have you tried to exercise? And, and she's like, yeah, I do it for a few days, but I don't feel better, so I stop. And I said, <laughs> you could, you, 
people expect it to work and if they do people <laughs> expect it to work in a few days I and know. I said and I was like no it takes a long long time for you to actually reach like reach the doesn't we don't not it'll vary but it takes a longer than you want to reach the benefits <laughs> longer than you want you, is a great way of saying but it, it. <laughs> but if yeah, but if you do continue to do the exercise and push past it, my I, my my latest thing I always say is like hashtag push past it. If I can't bother to do anything, I might just push past that yeah. mental barrier. But if you do push past it, you will be able to feel the benefits. And she was like, I just can't. I've, just, I've never I've never tried exercising more than a few days. <laughs> It's a real issue for a lot of people, though. It's like the work part is the dividing line for most people. But our, but our bodies are designed to move. I know. I, know. <laughs> I mean, listen, people listening to this, <sighs> do you understand what Harriet's gone through? And she's saying this. That's what makes it even crazier. You got hit by someone like 100 miles an hour and you're saying this. Yeah, Seriously. No, I, 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 f I struggle with fatigue all of the time and can't do very much, but I still will try all of the time to do a little bit more to, to just make my life a bit easier. But there's something, see, there's something different about you, right? Okay. You know what you should listen to this podcast I did with, I had a guest, this guy named Simon Dogher, great guy. And he talks, it's like, he does a different version of self-help. And we kind of went into this conversation a little bit about this. Like you're a different person. So am I like, I don't see the other, like that other argument. Like I just can't do it. That doesn't exist for me. That's you never, that's it. never existed for me ever. Nah. It, anything that I've done, I do a lot hard. Is, is the, and again, my, my parents, my, my, my dad is, is 60 now and all yeah. he does is is ridiculous exercise challenges <laughs> all, of crazy. <laughs> all of the time all of the time so i was raised i got raised by a very athletic family my parents yeah, met me too athletic. my parents met i was gonna say it helps raised by that with that sort of determination yeah. it sets a good precedent my parents met through athletics and 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 he's just worked hard his entire life. They both have. And so I've had that just as the that the standard. That's what yeah. you do. Yeah. But for, I did for too. people that but for people that don't have that, how do they find it? Yeah, that's hard. And that's the question. Is if somebody goes, Harriet, how could I have the same resolve that you have? And I wasn't hit by a car going hundred and one miles an hour. Some of it is there's plenty of people I know who is who have had great examples like yourself for my life and they still don't exercise. That's even crazier. If you've been given the example over and over again and then you don't, there's something different about your mentality. Of course, it was nurtured by your parents, but you probably also you also had it naturally a little bit, too. I think some but people don't. Just because, yeah, but, but I don't want them to be write-offs. I don't want. No, they to shouldn't be, be. You know, but but it but it will take more effort. Yeah, a lot. It's not even more effort. It's a lot of effort consistently for a long time. Correct. It's not. It's not. People are averse to that. Don't you know this, Harry? <laughs> yeah, but I don't get it. I don't relate to it. I know. I don't either. But I understand. I understand it psychologically with different people, but. That is a lot of the population, whether it's in the UK, United States, pick a country and outside of maybe Nordic countries and different places like that. 
it's it's a pervasive thing across the world, not just the US uh, and the UK. I think it's, I don't know what can we do about it, but I feel like people that do the exercise and, and do feel the benefits and personal trainers and, and what, you know, sure. people that will help get more people or especially online in, in the pandemic, mm-hmm. everyone's like put so much on on social media that you can copy their workouts, you can try yeah. out and then you can slowly start to feel benefits, but people don't keep it up. I don't know. It's a consistency thing is hard. Also, if like you've never been consistent in anything in your life, it, yeah. that's a difficult thing for someone. That like, it's like, it's like understanding that negative behavior in one area of life will, will affect all the other areas, mm. isn't it? So, yeah, I've got someone that drinks a lot at the pub, like is and lets himself down and, and also is a bit of a spiral if you're drinking every day at the pub you can't be that happy with your <laughs> life but that then leads to I don't know just getting smoking a lot or getting lots of takeaways and then getting yeah. worse it's just all of it it's all of it like if you're doing one bad behavior that's gonna affect you in other areas We've we've start we've we've side noted a little bit. <laughs> yeah, why don't you just tell them your story and be like, I can do it. <laughs> and they're like, and that's and... kind of why I share it, like as well. Like that's why, because uh, it's it showing. Oh, I don't know, showing people that you can cope with whatever has happened, and, and yeah. no matter how bad it is. And I've lived physically through the most for the worst in the world and then mentally afterwards and just showing that people setting set in a bar and saying well I've coped with this hell you can yeah. cope with whatever your hell is I had a friend mm. pop up like when I was recovering in the early days and she'd watched my recovery on Facebook and that had inspired her to she was like in a mentally paralyzed, couldn't move out of her bedroom without yeah. medication, couldn't do anything at all, completely flawed for I don't I'm not sure why. Saw what I'd gone through, saw me then say, Oh, I took my first steps today, or I like, you know, I walked for the first time. I like you know, I felt my foot I've touched my nose for the first time. Yeah. Or I bent my fingers for the first time. And she just what took that, looked at that and was like, and that gave her the inspiration and the courage to get better, get herself mentally healed, move out, get a job and get a life. Yeah. That's why I share it. That's fantastic. You know what the thing is too, is I think my wife said this the other day, she's like, some people just, they've got, they've experienced so much losing or loss in their life. that just, they haven't gotten any wins in a long time. And Mm -hmm. like, if you, it's like a team, like a sports team, if they're just mired in losing, all the time it's hard to think about winning when you're always losing that's mired mired is like you're just constantly in this in this constant state of like i'm in a never-ending cycle of losing basically because i could have done that very easily of course you could have found out all these things but even and then I, I just I didn't really focus on grief myself and so for the first five years I just did all the physical things and then got mentally ill and I could have been defeated there were so many surgeries there were so there's so many yeah. mental struggles there were so many like things that I couldn't keep up with I could have just flipped the switch and just been like I'm not going to cope with this I can't deal with it yeah. I've lost the most important person to me I can't cope with it but I just constant. I feel like every single day, all throughout the day, you constantly have to make decisions and choose. Sure. The choose the the direction that you want to go in. 
Yeah. You know, you're a different person. Seriously. <laughs> like, mm, like you're an, you're an astoundingly incredible example of perseverance, consistency. I mean, think about it. You just told me there is a positive side to psychosis, a spiritual side to that. I'm honestly, I've never heard that from any human ever in my life. It's like one of the more interesting hot takes I've ever heard in my life. I just always want to different. Take... Thank you. <laughs> I, I know. In a, in a very I'm, good way. Like I I'm identify con- with you. I'm constantly impressed with myself for always oh. doing hard work. You know, it's people are like, do you realize how good you are? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You should be. Look how at you. How can you not know? But yeah. You're just different. Hey. You're You're exhibiting something that's very different from most humans. You just are. Think, and that's why I want to get on these platforms and just like kind of when I but but not everyone really recognizes it when I, when I speak to someone that fully gets it I'm like I feel like I'm like yeah you see me but like you have I to be switched you. on to it yeah. yeah I see your intensity like I but I've always been like that I've always been drawn towards people who are like are just I just move forward I just like push through the wall there's not even another option beyond no. that. But see, a lot of people, there's always another option for a lot of people. And it's not putting other people down. I would never do that. I think everyone has different things they're dealing with and different places they're coming from, you know? It's not in even putting people down. It's feeling, I feel bad. I feel, I feel, I feel bad for everyone that doesn't try harder. (laughs) Welcome to my life. But I feel bad that people just are like that people just accept that they don't feel that great. And maybe that's just how they should be. They don't try and fix it. I just I'm trying to be a counselor as well. Like I'm trying. I want to like get through to people because I'm just like. I, I meet I meet people that are out to sit there and like you know well I'm not the happiest in the world but you know yeah. I guess no one really is so I'm just gonna kind of <laughs> put my head down not moan about it and get on with it and I'm like yeah. but you're just like you're missing so much the beautiful side of life I, I I agree with you I totally agree with you I just I think there's just you're a very different person and a lot of people will, will, there's people who could see your situation and go, that's great for Harriet. That's not me. That's what they'll say. And you got to meet those people in a very different place. It's not that they're bad or good or whatever. They're just in a different place. And you have to meet them in that place and understand the psyche of that person. They're not you. They're not getting out there. That's not most people. It's literally not most people. They need different ingredients. They That's need right. You cook like, it. You cook that recipe yeah. differently. It's a different. Yeah. It's a different place you're meeting people. But as do you to recognize it and to have such a good conversation? Like that's that's not all on me. That is you too. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you. Which is crazy for you is, I would have never guessed that about you. Just. I don't know. I would have never guessed it. And then you're telling me all this stuff about your exercise habits before this and then all this stuff you're doing. I'm like, oh, this is a different person. This is like this isn't a normal kind of general average kind of feeling. This is a this is a higher level of like thinking about coming back from something. 
I don't think it's normal <laughs> in a good way, <laughs> in a good way. Uh, I, I, feel, I feel spoiled with it. I just feel like I've like tapped into this world. That, and I, I just, it's, it's, I just feel bad for people that don't, that don't, because I don't want to be put on the, on this present where I'm on like higher sure. than other people. I want people to think that they can reach it because you can reach yeah. it because I reached it after something that's, it's not even, it wasn't even a, a final event, was it? It's my, my entire life has been turned upside down and I've yeah. just, I've, I've reached, I've reached the happiest state of my life. And like, I, I, I wouldn't have had that without challenges I, you can't know true happiness without true misery really like, mm, yeah i get that unfortunately yeah it's like people don't want to go through hard things but whenever something hard starts like whenever something doesn't go according to plan in my life i'm like what are we going to learn for this i'm like we're all going to grow for it like yeah it's, and nine it's a mind it's a mind a bit of a problem so my friends will have something bad happen to them and i'll be like this is great we're all going to learn from it but oh, i have yeah. to hold that in because if someone's just had something horrible to them you can't say that they don't they don't want to they have to get there in their own it's a time. different mentality i'm telling you i identify mm. with you like we have a we have a similar mind wavelength. Like if I have a disagreement or argument <clears throat> with my wife, I always tell her this is good. This conflict <laughs> is going to move us forward. But you know how weird that is to tell somebody that they don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear <laughs> that. Right. You got to like over time to like work on that with somebody like, no, this is not a bad thing. This is a, a propellant. This will pull us forward. No, but like I love that you said that though, because again, I haven't spoke to any or anyone that said that sort of thing. I just chat like things that go wrong are exciting. <laughs> <laughs> well, they give you perspective. They should yeah. give you perspective and they should propel you forward. You have to create that mindset for that. Well, Work on that. Everyone wants, you know, the perfect life that doesn't have challenges and they all just smooth sailing and it's everything. But if you don't have, but if you don't have any problems or any adversities or anything that goes wrong, you won't be able to appreciate the. It will just be like kind of like a a, a numbness or like a kind of. Yeah. You've got no perspective. You've got no. It could be a lot worse. You can you can know, but you can't. You're able to feel it inside unless. Yeah. You experienced. And everyone's experienced trauma. It's just sure. how you respond to it. Of course. That's it's why, like, uh, I said this too. Like, I, we have an 11-year-old daughter, and I say, you know what? The conflict she has with her friends, it's good. She needs to have this conflict. Kids need to have conflict with each other. It oh, grows it's them. hard. It's of hard. Of course it's hard. Kid. It's annoying. Half the time. <laughs> it's so annoying. But I understand yeah. the value of conflict. It's not like I'm seeking out conflict, like, in my own life. But, like... When I see that it's going to be a conflict or we're going to have something, I go, okay, this is important. We all need to recognize this is an important moment here. It's an important learning. This is a learning tool. But you got to understand that is very counterculture to most humans. Nobody wants that in general. But yeah, you can't make, but then I, but so. For the first five years before I let my mentor broke down, I refused to let myself feel it. Really, I was mm. like, I've got, I've got, I've got to throw myself into my physical recovery because everything is effort all of the time. I did physiotherapy, hydrotherapy, occupational therapy as much as I physically could. I did as much as I could, and it was 
and if I did like if I walked if I walked 10 minutes one day I then wouldn't Yeah. be able to do anything for a week it would very but I had to throw myself into a physical recovery but I didn't ever really grieve for Becky I didn't really grieve Yeah. myself I didn't really I was like if I let myself feel this I'm never going to get back up again if I let myself feel the sadness of the situation and then I it, then if you bury down emotions they're going to come out somewhere and I buried it down for as long as possible and it came out in mental illness and that was Mm. that's why that's why I'm grateful for the mental illness for like setting me free from all the things that I was that were killing me inside I mean, who says they're grateful for their mental illness? I mean, seriously, like there's some different stuff happening in this conversation. And uh, but that's what's good about it is if you're always hearing one side of something until today, I have always associated psychosis negatively. I'm sure most of the people who will listen to this will say that's the first time I've heard that, <laughs> you know, like Wicked. you have to hear something different. to shift yourself sometimes. That's, that's a lot of the problem we have today. So many people are hearing the same message of whatever it is. Yeah, you've got to, you've got to, in your, in whoever you expose yourself to, you have to hang out with people that don't just reinforce Yes. your thoughts. So you need to hang out with people that have different views and and and. and different cultures and different worlds otherwise you Yes. get a very narrow world that just I don't see I'm I don't I don't I don't know I've got a relationship with my partner where we're we're like very similar but very different and I think it and I'm really glad that we have the differences because we can learn from them and, they, and we can take I, I don't know what it'd be like to be exactly like I've met people that I'm like I'm like I'm exactly like you I'm like if we got together or if we ever were together we would just like tell each other how great we were forever until we died I don't I don't think that would be a positive thing Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean I'm sure you no I just I, I think it's really I liked I'm sat there when I don't when I've got my friends I'm like oh I kind of I've sat there and I'm like I want to meet someone else that's a bit different now I'm like we're all just saying Yeah. the same thing Yeah, that's it's boring. hard it's hard to take yourself out of your comfort zone and find those people Of course, of course. Well, that's but a lot of people are doing that, whether it's a physical comfort zone, a mental comfort zone, spiritual comfort zone, whatever it is. Uh, people, path of least resistance, doing what feels comfortable, pleasurable is a part of the human experience. And, you know, the, it's just it's easy to fall into it. Anything that's easier to do, we 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 go towards it. But it feels in my gut, and in, I don't know, it feels in your gut if you like, you know, if if you're being lazy or if you're not trying hard or if you if you're, you know, like if you're not what if you're not pushing yourself at all, it feels the comfort feels uncomfortable to me. I feel like Yeah. it feels self indul it feels self Yeah. indulgent, and it feels I don't know, like it feels lazy. It it doesn't feel. It feels like. But that's that's just something that I've like nurtured in myself to make sure that I always push myself a little bit more than you want because that's how you grow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think most people, I think people want to desire, they desire that they want to grow, they want to change, they want to be better. Uh, not everybody, but a lot of people do. It's the hard work is the crossroads. It's the hard work part. If you told somebody, hey, you could be better. If you just took this, it would change everything. Most people would do it. <laughs> they would be like, oh, I don't have to do the work. But the work part is what separates people.
the tediousness, the, the consistency, you know? The work part is where the magic is. I agree with you. <laughs> like we are the same, we are talking about the same thing. <laughs> the other side of that yeah. is very different. It's very different. Mm. And I have That's compassion for that. I have compassion for that. I really do. Like if somebody has, well, how do I do what you do, Darian? I, I don't know. Like, may, I mean, there's a lot of things that I do, but maybe you're not at that point where you're ready to do that, you know? But like, oh, it's one of the things that I I'd, would rather, I, I would encourage the person to try rather than like model yourself on someone else. Or for, if that works for you for inspiration, fine. But also try and be the best version of you, not, not sure. someone else, you know? Yeah. That's also hard for people. But, yeah, like, but when I like, I spent the first few years and I got sad with it. I got just looking, watching out what everyone else that's my age do their life, and 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 just felt I compared a lot. I felt bad, but I, and then eventually I kind of stopped comparing and then carved my own path. And then that, like, the freedom that you get from not comparing your life to other people right. is just insane. Of course, again, that's really hard to do with people today, especially with the internet. That's telling people to compare yourself to each other all the time. Mm. So I, I so I, I, my whole take is I just like, I'm, con I'm sensitive to that. I have compassion for that. And I want to meet people in that space, but like, we either going to change or we're going to stay here. What are we going to do here? We got to do one of these things. Yeah. Yeah. You got it. It's finding a way to nurture people without not, not, mommy coddling them not like saying oh <laughs> poor you but not saying you've got to do this it's yeah just finding the perfect balance isn't it and you have to be relatable is a big thing if you can be relatable to people you don't seem like you're trying to be like greater than something or just like that you're <clears throat> don't care at all like you have to be relatable mm -hmm. people have to feel like there's a sense of connection with you with other right. people it's like it's not read the room it's read people because people like you can you can people have tech their fate i don't know i'm quite perceptive just because i've just well you know it's you you watch people and they give away how they feel with their body language with the food flicks ahead with it with their language the with the words they speak you can tell you can i can get engaged whether someone's in a bad place or you can you know engage with like just pay attention to the little details isn't it to um to really engage with someone and to get on their level. Yeah. Most of and that takes time. You got to spend time like meeting people. Nurturing so like we're that, nurturing yeah. that, like what we're doing, we're learning about you primarily, <laughs> but we're learning, we're having a conversation. We're deepening a connection that to me is missing for most people. Like when I, when I read about you, like when I read about your story, I was like, well, this is very interesting to me. I could just keep reading about it or I could reach out to Harriet and try to actually speak to her about it. But even that's hard for a lot of people is that jump from reading about someone to talking to them. There's this fear of like, will they get back to me? Will, is, will we actually, what will we talk about? There's a lot of walls that people create with that. It's like exposure therapy. If you just rip mm. the bandage off and you do it and you mm. just do it a few times, if you're scared to do anything like I think they say that what's the saying is it like do something every day that scares you I don't yeah. necessarily think you need to do that but I do two or three or four things that scare me a week you know yeah. just because it keeps yeah. keeps things interesting <laughs> I mean but your yeah. life has been interesting <laughs> I mean 
<laughs> I mean, you've gone through a lot and you're still pushing yourself. It's a great, there's a lot of inspiration in that. Thank like you. I see, yeah, of course. I see it and I go, wow, that's amazing. And I think most people are like, wow, Harriet's story is amazing, but it's not going to make everybody change their life and do something about it. it. May make some people be like, you know what? I got to get my shit together. Harry got hit by a car. And some people will go, that's good for her. And everybody's in different places, you know? Yeah, but you got to find that. I, I went through a, a phase of trying to get people to kind of be like, you know, let's solve your problems and let's get you better. And, <laughs> a lot, a lot, and, and you end up taking on their problems and then they exactly. just they don't really want to get better. And, and people, you, you, people don't really want to be told solutions. They know what they could do. They just don't, they just like, they just, some do, some don't, but like it's it's managing expectations and learning how to interact yeah. with people and just I don't know, inspiring people in different ways, you know, just yeah. find different ways. If you can if you can get through to one person, like, mm-hmm. you know, and make their life magically better like make beautifully better, that's like, that's wonderful, isn't it? So I mean this this conversation do. is going to reach some people who are going to it's gonna change their alter their existence. I know it. And then there's going to be Hopefully. some people, I know it. And there's going to be some people and be like, that's great. I'm glad she could do that. There's <laughs> just always different sides to stuff. And maybe they're just not ready to get to that point, you know? But the point is you're yeah. getting out there and telling that story. You're Because every time you tell it, it's a platform. It's an opportunity for someone else to be exposed to what you went through. That's totally worth it. That is totally worth it. But I think so. I think, are you kidding me? I mean, I learned a lot today. Like there's some stuff I was like, man, like, am I that tough? Could I be that tough? I'm like, I'd like to think I would be, you know, like, man. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me. Of course. I I have a lot of respect for you. And I have a lot of respect for you. Oh, thank you. There's a mutual respect club here. (laughs) I love the yeah, but I love the values. I love the like yeah. You can just get an idea for it now. Yeah, I definitely like. We have a similar mentality, and I don't run into that mentality often. I just don't. It's it's a it's a it's a rare mentality to me. I always I always kind of slightly know I'm gonna find it with someone that that loves exercise. Hmm. Interesting. Not everyone, but like yeah, I'm like. Because because like but if you're gonna so like with if you're gonna have a negative area of your life like if you drink lots that'll make lots of the areas negative if you have one area so if you pick exercise mm-hmm. that's gonna make lots of other parts of your life better so I always yeah. I always go kind of like I'm gonna be able to get, I'm gonna get on with someone that loves exercise <laughs> like, that's just that's just how it goes yeah yeah it's amazing well let's thank you for coming on with me and evening time your time and. And just chatting with me. I just, I love the conversation. Yeah, I really appreciate, appreciate you, Harriet. I, I loved it too. And I appreciate you. Thank you. So um, how can more people hear about your story? Um, my blog is this too shall pass 464. You can type it into Google with my name, Harriet Barnsley. If you type my name into Google, lots of things will come up. Twitter, it's Harriet Barnsley. You know, just put my name into Google and you'll find things. Put it in the Google and you'll find stuff. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. It's kind of how I feel. I'm like, just look me up. It's fine. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) 
It's an arrogance, isn't it? I know, (laughs) right? It's like, you know, don't you know who I am? Just put my name in the Google. You'll find me. (laughs) But you'll find lots of, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you'll see a lot about your story. Well, Harriet, thank you so much. And uh, I, I know we'll be chatting again for sure. Yeah, keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. Appreciate it. Harriet Barnsley, everyone.